guys, it's Melissa. Since we're an independent podcast, your support means the absolute world, whether that's on social media, in a podcast review, or a word of mouth recommendation. If you've been enjoying this podcast and would like to take it a step further, I now have a support feature where you can contribute a one-time donation at whichever price you'd like. Click the link in the episode description to learn more. Thanks guys, now enjoy the show. The Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. What's up, friends, and welcome back to the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast. This is your host, Melissa, and we're back for another episode of our Everyday Women segment where we feature real women with really inspirational life stories. And as a reminder, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and also sign up for our monthly newsletter. My newsletter includes so much awesome information that is not only relevant to women's lives, but also very entertaining. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to give you an example today. My last newsletter included the incredibly outrageous fun fact about Walt Disney's vagina. And what I mean by this is the word vagina was first vocalized out loud on film during one of Walt Disney's productions. That is so fucking weird. And even weirder, this was an animated film that he produced, and it was called The Story of Menstruation, something a man would know so much about. Um, And not only was it an educational film, it was also a self-help guide to inspire young women to smile through their very painful periods. So, what a fucking strange dude. But also, did anybody know this? Because I didn't. And I found it out, and I looked into it, and I read about it, and I couldn't stop laughing out of horror and humor. So it was in my last newsletter, and I also linked the YouTube where you could go watch it. And a lot of people watched it, and they were mortified and also laughing their asses off. So if you are interested in learning more of these types of things you should subscribe to the monthly newsletter. I only send one once a month, so I'm not going to spam you. Um, But definitely sign up today because the next newsletter is going to be released in a week. And if you sign up, you'll get it direct to your email. So you can do that by going to my website at www.mimosasisterhood.com. And you will be able to hear all of my strange, creative ramblings via email direct to your inbox, which makes you so special. Um, All right. Well, let's introduce our next guest. Tonight, I am sitting down with my old boss. And her name is Jenny Brown. (laughs) Which, by the way, I like can't even think of her as a boss because she was more of a friend. But technically, she was my boss, and she could have fired me at any moment. Um, but we are here today to chat about her insane career transition. She, when I was working with her, she was a massively successful restaurateur, mixologist, wine connoisseur, and she was literally a sommelier. In the San Francisco Bay Area. And today, she is none of those things. She is a clairvoyant counselor. So clearly, we have a lot to catch up on. (laughs) And I don't know anything about this story. So I will be learning 
at the exact same time that the rest of you are learning. So let's dive in and say hello to Ginny. Hi, Ginny. Welcome to my podcast. Oh my God, Melissa. I'm so excited. This is awesome. (laughs) How weird is this that we probably haven't seen or really spoken to each other in years? I don't Mm -hmm. even know how long. And now we are on my podcast together. And I am a podcaster, and you're a clairvoyant counselor, and what the fuck happened? (laughs) I would say I saw this coming, but it would be a total fabrication. (laughs) I didn't see this coming at all. No, me either. But I have to say, I'm happy with where we're at. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It it couldn't have, uh, they couldn't have read a better script, you know? And uh, it's, it's thrilling, actually. It is thrilling. So... For everybody listening, Ginny and I worked together in San Francisco at a restaurant that literally gave me some of my best friends for life, so I am so grateful for it. Um, But when we started working together, the place was kind of a shit show in my perspective, and Ginny walked in with her short little pixie haircut and a massive (laughs) tattoo across her chest. And she had this, like, very trendy pantsuit on and walked in and just, like, basically was owning everything within the first five minutes just based off pure presentation and energy alone. And it was almost like the entire waitstaff got into a single file line and were like, how can we serve you? (laughs) And we worked together for, I think, a couple years there. And then she ended up moving across the Golden Gate Bridge to like uh, Sausalito area in which, of course, I followed her because, duh, that's what you do when you have a Ginny in your life. And then... <laughs> I thought I kidnapped you, but, you know, that's great. <laughs> I, I like that you're, you're coming willing and you're on your side of the story. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to stay there without you. So I don't know if I actually oh. chose to come or I had to come. <laughs> but either way, I wasn't being left behind. Um, and we worked together there for probably about a year until I made one of the worst decisions of my life, which was deciding to commit my life to the corporate world. And sadly, I've been in that same place for the past seven years. And hopefully one day I'll be like Ginny and I'll be running my own life and working for myself and living a path that is in alignment with my spirit and soul, which is hopefully what I'm doing right now. I'm just Mm. waiting for my calling. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the summary. Jenny, do you have anything else to add to that? Wow. I mean, yeah, I I just remember... I remember just some, I have some great memories of you, but um, when I was teaching you about uh, like t- how to taste alcohol, do you remember this? And no. I brought you behind the bar and was teaching you about different like alcohols, how to ingest them, how to tell the difference between them. And you literally did about 50 shots of alcohol <laughs> like, in the afternoon. And I was like, you know, this is, this is one badass bitch right there. Like she is, you, you were following the steps you were giving him smell you were bringing it in and then boom like a pro right to the head it was pretty brilliant I actually do remember this because that's when I learned about all the different scotches and what Mm -hmm. islands of Scotland they all came from and isn't Scotland like a very volcanic land and that's why the land is smoky when you drink scotch it's smoky to the taste See, you're holding on to all this information. It was kind of like a, it's like drunk history at this point. Like, how do you keep track of, like, you know, Scotland's volcanic, you know, history 
when you did that many shots of single malt <laughs> scotch in, a, in an afternoon, it was it was impressive. It's impressive. You still well, impressive. Clearly, I learned from the greatest. I have retained <laughs> that information that was given to me ten years ago. I'm still remembering it today. And actually, it's really funny because. I remembered something that involved alcohol and liquor, which is actually what I do on my podcast. I'm sorry, alcohol and history, which is mm-hmm. literally what I do on my podcast. So I was on path to become were- what I am today. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Still on path. It's perfect. All right. So let's talk about you and how you went from being a restaurateur to a wine sommelier and a literally like the queen of mixology you were running the bay area and you were very 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 well known in the industry you were admired by everybody in the industry and then life did a 360 you pretty much belly flopped into the pool and now you are on a completely different life path and i need to know what brought that on what made that decision and like every single thing about it (laughs) okay done Um, (laughs) you know so it started I think it started actually in Nashville right I was you know coming to a place where I was feeling like a big fish uh, in a small pond out there and really needed kind of a change of scenery and I'd, I'd had this call to kind of come out west for a long time um and I felt this call from spirit right and it was like Jenny go to the bay and work with spirit and so, you know, I was like 22, 23 years old, you know, borderline like rager, right? And was like, oh, duh, this is what it means. Go out there, study mixology and wine. So I did. So I, I just like packed my bags, moved from Nashville out here to the Bay Area and started studying wine and mixology like very, you know, very intensely. And then years later, I get the same whisper. It's like, Jenny. Not those spirits. <laughs> Different, spirits. <laughs> Different spirits, dumbass. No. <laughs> so, um, so I felt this kind of calling. Like, I'm like, why? Like, really, it kind of boiled down to, like, me having it all. Like, I really kind of had everything. I had an all-star relationship. I had, you know, this wildly successful career. I had a tremendous community. I literally, like, had everything. And I woke up and just realized I wasn't happy. And that I had been following this like unspoken book of happiness that's out there, you know, like, once you have the relationship and the house and the job and the success and, you know, all of these things, you're going to feel fulfilled. But every one of those boxes that I kept checking, I was kind of getting it kind of like, mm, made that unhappiness swell bigger in my space. Like I noticed I was getting more unhappy and that I felt like I was getting like chained to that lifestyle, you know? And so it was pretty scary to me, like to keep waking up. I remember this woman who's uh, very notable in the restaurant industry. She came up to me at one point after uh, we had opened, I think, our fourth restaurant with the restaurant group you and I worked with. And she comes up to me and she goes, you know, you are at the height of your career. How does it feel? And I felt this like sinking in my stomach, like that was supposed to be a compliment. And I felt like I got punched in the gut. And I was like, I kind of want to go jump off the bridge right now. Like, if this is it, like, this is not it. 
And and so, you know, it really was kind of like this push of like, I don't want to live like this. I felt like I had Stockholm syndrome in my life, you know, like I was like Mm -hmm. beholden to all these things and none of it was true. And that I I really had to do the one thing I never did, which which was to look for happiness within myself. Mm -hmm. I gave that responsibility to everyone and everything but me. And so it was a really big calling to start to look for what that meant to me. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's crazy. (laughs) That's nuts. It's nuts. But I mean, I feel like that's kind of what happens to people. It's like Mm -hmm. that same thought process of like hitting the rock bottom. Like you clearly were not at rock bottom, but Mm -hmm. in like a like emotional and spiritual realm you were empty which is Mm -hmm. like equivalent to rock bottom in some kind of way and so even though everything around you looked pristine and had been you know played out and planned exactly as you had wanted it to there was this emptiness that was like nope and it turns out that emptiness is the one thing you need to have the most fulfilled (laughs) and so it's kind of like whether you wanted it or not you were kind of slapped across the face and it was like wake up we have more work to do. It's not done. You didn't, you did not reach the finish line. (laughs) In Mm -hmm. fact, you're really behind. (laughs) Exactly. In fact, go back to the starting point. You're kind of screwed now. Oh my God. And, and so, you know, I just kind of kept sacrificing things. Uh, I kept sacrificing things and really looking at um, what it is that I thought should make me happy. And if it wasn't meeting that mark, I let it go. And it was a very, it was a stripping down process, man. It was, it was trippy, like to kind of go into that. And I noticed like on the clairvoyant side of things, like that calling was sneaking and kind of creeping in the whole time. And so the story is going to get super weird. Oh, I Um, can't wait. Oh, yeah. And so like (laughs) I had this dream. It started, it really kind of started with a dream. I had this dream where I was um, standing in the desert, like on top of a big sand dune. And I had this like really bad pain in my stomach. I was like bending over in pain. And this rattlesnake was kind of like staring at me in the sand. And I couldn't move. I couldn't get away from it. And it was just looking at me. And then I think I made a sound or something and it just jumps up and tags me in the leg. And so I fall down into the sand and I'm watching the snake as it starts to slither away and it's headed towards the sunset. And I start to kind of like army crawl through the sand. And as I'm crawling through the sand, I could, my leg was kind of dead, you know, um, (laughs) because of like getting tagged by the snake. And so as I'm crawling, I notice my body starting to move like the snake was. And the next thing I know, I became the snake. Oh, weird. So this dream, I'm a huge, like I, I look for signs everywhere. And this dream was a huge sign. And one I still just like get a ton of wisdom from to this day. I'm still interpreting it. It was so impactful in my life. And like I started to like seek out teachers or spiritual people and talking to them about what the meaning of this was and what I was being called to do. Because what does that mean? What does that mean to like transform that way? And um, I was super curious. So I ended up kind of going to the Grand Canyon I don't know if you know this story, but I, do you know this story? I no. went I went to the Grand Canyon on a 16-day rafting trip. And <clears throat> I don't know how to swim. 
<laughs> so, you don't? Not well. Let's let's put me like I think your golden retriever can outswim me in a pool oh by God. far. Like it's it's it was this was you know this is is your old mentor like at her prime. Okay, so I go on this sixteen day rafting trip um, in class ten water. Okay, uh, which typically in like white water rafting like five is olympic level okay so it went up to 10 so double that right absolutely outrageous so i go to the grand canyon and my whole intention was to wake up i was like i gotta wake my ass up like this this life is not working for me and this was still i was still working in the restaurant business and all of that and as i was going down the river i had several traumatic uh, incidents on the water but it was really one day. As when, one that can't swim would. Right. Right. You know, I tend to just jump out of the plane. I'll learn how to fly if I do it, right? And it's just, uh, I've, I've learned how to kind of teach myself softer lessons. Uh, that's for sure. But as one day we're hiking. And there was this opportunity to kind of hike all the way up to the rim, which is really, really high. You know, we were at the base of, of the canyon by the Colorado River. And so we hiked all the way up this really narrow path. And as we get to the top, it narrowed even more. My partner and uh, my partner was in front of me, Jamie was in front of me, and the trip leader was in front of her. And it was just the three of us on this very narrow path. So as I'm walking, your girl Jenny sees a butterfly or something, and it's just like, oh, look at that. And then I slip and I fall off the side of this ledge. And so I'm literally hanging what felt like me miles above the water, right? And it was mm-hmm. just like rocky cliff face, like everywhere I could see. And there was no one there to save me, right? Like I was slipping. Jamie couldn't get to me. The trip leader couldn't get to me. It was a moment designed by source or, you know, mm-hmm. the universe to give me an opportunity to get what I was asking for, which was to wake the fuck up. And so what I recognized so I had two choices. One, let go. Or two, fight and get my ass up. And I thought about it. In that split second, I thought about it, right? And I chose to scramble and get myself up that rocky cliffside. And that's what woke me up. I recognized I have choice about everything. Mm-hmm. I have choice about everything. And if I don't start exuding that, if I don't start using that, what am I doing, man? Yeah. So it was a, it was a tremendous wake up call. Wow. That's really cool. Um, Like I've definitely gone through something similar, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I should save that for later. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to like, I don't want to dive in in the midst of your story and be like, oh my God listen to this. Um, but no, I've definitely like, I'll tell you later on in this episode, but I have gone through something so similar where, um, I was at a breaking point in my life where I needed a lot of self-discovery and Mm -hmm. made a decision to go do something to find that self-discovery. And that self-discovery led me down a path of like numerous, uh, trial and error situations. And it was almost like forcing me to pick which way I was going to go. And I didn't pick right. (laughs) I did not pick right. But at the end of it, I was able to realize, like, 
holy shit, like my instinct was telling me this. Mm -hmm. And I came on this journey and this trip to find self-discovery. That was the one purpose why I did this. And throughout this experience, I was led multiple, multiple, multiple situations that would kind of push me to trust myself and trust my instinct and to, for the first time in my life, follow that guide. Mm. And I didn't. So I unfortunately had to reap the negativity of that. But after the fact, I was able to really realize like, holy shit, if I had only just listened to myself, things would have gone the way they the positive route. And mm. it was a huge wake up call. I've, I've definitely, since that's happened, I've definitely lived a life more in tune with my instinct and thinking like instinct is there for a reason. It's like this quiet, subtle, invisible um, guide that we're supposed to follow. It's like, and I think yes. that's also the thing about humans and especially me and probably actually a lot of people is that we like proof. We like concrete advice we want somebody to tell us exactly how to do it and this is what will happen if you do it and we're like okay perfect we feel secure because mm -hmm. we know exactly what we need to do to get to from a to b and when you and that's the thing about instinct is it's not proof it's like trust and it's faith and it's it's taking the plunge and not knowing the outcome it's losing control allowing something else to actually have the control and mm -hmm. that's the scariest thing i think not only for me but for a lot of people but i mean that's what i i would love to learn like more about that from you is that something that you've had to really overcome is like letting go of control because especially with how I mean, especially with what you've already told us with how your career kind of played out, with how your relationships played out, with how your whole life has played out, that's something you kind of were managing along the way. And I would assume that now this like next step of your life is kind of pushing that to the side and kind of just guiding yourself through instinct in a sense. Is that right? Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I think we can uh, kind of play with two words we got instinct and intuition right mm -hmm. and in my world that's what I would call it is intuition that voice in you or that pang in the stomach right mm -hmm. or um like for Harriet Tubman it was a vision of what was to come right mm -hmm. these are all psychic abilities like the gut feeling the the instinct right the ability to hear something inside yourself or, or the ability to see they're all coming from from our inner self like the deepest part of us that can see it all that lives in the past present and the future simultaneously and so there's a way that kind of trust is one of the most important lessons to learn in life and i think like especially like i'm just kind of coming into a place now of really understanding what that means. It all starts like within you. Trust is within you. It's not something that you hand over to something else. Mm -hmm. Like if I try to trust this chair I'm in, it's 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 ridiculous. <laughs> like I can try, but I'm already in it. I'm yeah. already in it. This is the thing you're talking about, control, right? Mm -hmm. It's like I can try to control whether this chair is going to be able to hold me or not, or I can just be in it and trust myself mm -hmm. that I'm in this situation for a reason. Right. Or that you'll know when to get up when you need to get up. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That you can exert control over attitude. You can exert control over um, just kind of like how you uh, choose to feel about something. But you really can't control a lot of the world. Mm -hmm. The main thing is following your instinct, following your intuition and trusting yourself. Mm 
yeah. even if, even when you make the wrong decision. Because a lot of people come to me and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It's because they've misplaced their trust in themselves. And so that's like a lot of my counseling work is to help rebuild trust in yourself, is to understand like, hey, like, why were you in that situation? And not in the like browbeating, like, like, you know, way that we kind of flog ourselves, mm -hmm. but more in a way of like really understanding what the lesson was about. So you don't have to repeat it and you yeah. can harvest that gold and move forward. Right. And faith, yeah. faith is the ultimate. It's like the kind of step beyond trust to me. You know, faith is that moment where you are in a total free fall. You've let go of all outcomes, of all expectation, and you are just following the North Star in your heart to where, where it is that you're going. Like faith is, faith is everything when you can get there and you can kind of rest in it. It's, it's a beautiful relationship. Crazy. Mm -hmm. And like, and when you speak of faith, like this is on a spiritual realm, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, faith is is also something that uh, faith is trust in the in the unknown. To me, that's how I would define it. I don't know what Webster says, right? But <laughs> to me, that's what it is. Is is having is just kind of being in a relationship with the unknown that detaches from that need to know that brings about so much security. Because if we're always wanting to know the outcome of something, you know, before we're willing to act, what are we really learning? You know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's really not, it's not strengthening our muscles. You know, we're really not like testing ourselves in the way that we could be. Yeah, and, totally. and, and I think that's just so important to cultivate. Yeah. And you know, it, I'm, I've been having a lot of more conversations like this with people who, um, have gone through similar things or who have podcasts who are kind mm -hmm. of around the same type of topic. And, you know, in my kind of perspective, especially as I've gotten older, more in like my late, late 20s, I had this kind of relevation within myself where I looked back on the past like 15 years of my life and mm -hmm. been kind of like, wow, like I was really guided down a pretty fucked up path, which no one really guided me down it but myself but in a realm I was kind of following this like societal expectation of like how I'm gonna live how I'm gonna operate what kind of relationships I'm gonna have what are my goals what are my dreams what are my passions what do I need to accomplish mm -hmm. and I don't think really any of it was something that I had generated for myself it was just kind of you know you just kind of are a child and then you're in middle-aged and then you follow this path and then you wake up 15 years later and you're like, wow, I just wasted a shitload of time and got into a lot of trouble and <laughs> experienced a lot of hardship along the journey. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, why, why the hell did that happen? <laughs> like, I'm so confused. <laughs> like, and then you're kind of looking back and reflecting on what type of elements in your childhood or mm -hmm. your friend groups or your educators kind of had built in you that sort of like created this journey for you that you just naturally followed because you had no reason to question it it just was and mm. then you get older and you learn from your life and you're you're questioning it and you're like god um you know that probably wasn't right <laughs> 
And now you're like, okay, wait, now I need to, now I need to start fresh. How do I start implementing new, like new ways to live, new thought processes, new perspectives, creating boundaries, like, you know, not holding grudges, learning from your experiences and not like being so hard on yourself for them, kind of like recognizing it as part of the journey and then saying like okay like that was this chapter and now we're starting a new one and kind of using that first chapter and like allowing it and accepting it and like not you know regretting it but then saying okay like this is what i've learned from that and now we're going to kind of start on this new path in a different direction and hopefully that's more in alignment with me and who i am because it's guided by me and not this whole system Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that the soul evolves through these times, through moments like this. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's nothing to judge. Whatever situation we're in is because there's something that we're supposed to learn from that. Mm-hmm. And so that it's just a moment to teach. It's a moment to to kind of get educated. And, you know, they talk about it in mythology and mysticism and just fairy tales and all of that about how it's the fool's job to go on these crazy errands, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like to go slay, you know, a Gorgon or something because you missed a <laughs> wedding gift. I mean, like, what the hell? You know, like these crazy tasks, but they're ca- it's a calling for something deeper in us. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to see uh, the forest despite the tree, you know? It's like we get so fixated on the one thing in front of us that we can't see the bigger picture. And that's what life is for, is to help us gain that perspective. And to to recognize like the soul does evolve through lifetimes. And we we chose this life and these people and this family for a reason. You know, they have dynamics and belief systems that we wanted to work on. And so like discovering those whys as a way to kind of help you get unstuck is is a really powerful way to kind of move your progress forward to get happier faster you know mm-hmm. and and like to find to find this pathway but mm-hmm. there's you know to me there is no uh mistake in any of that mm-hmm. you know the the soul itself like when it looks at your the page you know or probably even just a paragraph in your book of life which could be thousands and thousands of lives right it's like this life is like a paragraph right and we put all this pressure like oh my god i haven't done shit in 15 years you know Mm -hmm. or whatever like i've been on this wrong path but really it's that's like sentence two (laughs) (laughs) like it really it doesn't have the you know it has an impact here because time is kind of on a on a linear scale here but really in your soul's book it's like a bleep and it looks at that adventure that we're on, you know, the mistakes that we made and the risks that we took as, you know, a very interesting story, <laughs> you know, like a very, like, like exciting, you know, phenomenal event. It's just here in the body, we feel pain, we feel emotions, all these things that spirit's not used to. So it kind of, it throws us for a loop. And so That's like... interesting. Mm -hmm. letting go of the regret around things is so key you know is to only look back um as a way to educate yourself of learning and not in a way of like limitations and boundaries and like like places you don't go anymore or people you don't talk to anymore none of that 
like looking at how did I develop? Where did I get smarter? What did I learn? You know, mm-hmm. and keeping it really focused in the eyes so that it continues your, de- your development as a soul. Totally. And, you know, like one of the things I experienced in my own life was I had like groundbreaking things that had happened that sort of like enlightened something in me to -hmm. think like, holy shit, like I need to evaluate the self because the self is not good right now. (laughs) And so I had to do a bunch of different things from therapy to seeking like guidance through friends and family to like confronting a lot of things I'd been ignoring, um, a whole lot of stuff that I had to do. But what was the end result of that was that I was like thinking back on myself and thinking like kind of shameful about some of like the ways in which I'd navigated my life, like the way I'd presented myself, think ways I've treated people, um, decisions I've made, bad choices I've made, a whole giant laundry list of things. And, you know, like the one thing I realized I needed to do was one, like forgive myself for whatever yes. I felt was you know, had done an injustice, whether it was even to my own self or to people around me, but also like accept it at the same time and like recognize that this was all part of what needed to happen for me to become this like smarter, more educated, elevated, woke person, so to speak, because I don't think I would have become that without having sort of endured all these reckless years of my life. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, hitting a rock bottom at some point and looking back and being like, holy shit, not only did all this crazy stuff happen, but now I actually know why it happened and just coming to peace with that. But as a result, I started this podcast Mm -hmm. because the first thing that I thought of is like, how can I start accepting my story which is so roller coastered out ups and downs like crazy but like how can I feel empowered about my story with all of its faults and wrongdoings and still feel like good about myself and like able to operate in society as like a valid human <laughs> and part of that was researching other women that had lived before me because nobody has a perfect story everything is ups and downs like even some of the most successful women in the world have done things that are questionable or have gone through situations or have had really down depressive episodes and so it's like even just recognizing human behavior Mm -hmm. and recognizing the evolution of that over generations of time recognizing how certain events, people, situations have impacted those types of behavior patterns and just like really looking at somebody's life cycle from birth to death and seeing everything that they'd gone through during that time period Mm -hmm. and then looking at their life and how they were able to operate, many of which operated with so much strength and bravery and just risk-taking um it was so empowering Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then it was like it was kind of confirmation that we all live our own stories and they're 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 good they're bad they're ugly they're whatever the hell they are but they're (laughs) meant for us and they teach everybody lessons and the more that we can like learn about them and respect them it's almost like you can find empathy for people and you can also kind of humble yourself and think you know There have been millions of people that have come before me and there will be millions that come after me and we're all unique and we're all going to do different things. And we're kind of all the same in a, in a sense, Mm -hmm. like I'm no different than anybody else. (laughs) Yes. Like there's a, there's a path, right? Like our stories take, our lives take that you can find like a similarity to. 
And Joseph Campbell, a philosopher, he discovered a map of that, and it's called the hero's journey, like that we all find ourselves on and that every story ever told follows. And wow. it's really impactful. Um, and it's a way to kind of like see where you are in your journey, right? Like, what, wh- where am I? Am I in the dark night of the soul? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, am I like in the bottom of the belly of a whale, you know? <laughs> Like, okay, <laughs> like this is this is what I've got to deal with right now. But without without doubt, doubt is one of our greatest teachers, you know, especially the doubt in ourself. And if you lose that battle, sometimes we will and sometimes we won't, right? But it's just recognizing the the impact and power of fear and doubt in our life, you know, and how we want it to impact us and impact others. And so it's like, it's, it's a, it's a really tremendous way of, uh, I think that you've, you've went through to kind of look at these women in history, to look at people and to recognize they aren't just their glory. Mm-hmm. You know, it took a lot to get there. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there was a lot of life lived after for most of them. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, what, what is it about us that makes us stand out? What, what sort of, you know, what sort of moment or challenge are we being uh, invited to, you yeah. know, and, and what do we want to do about it, right? And so it's, it's, it's amazing, whatever it is that you're being called to in life, there's no such thing as a closed door. Mm-hmm. It always circles right back around in one form or fashion. A relationship that needs to be resolved, it just shows up as the same person you know different name like we are given these opportunities to really find closure and to to get out of life what we came here to get I don't think we leave empty-handed so you so I hear this all the time in just learning about the universe and the way that it works but and I hear this same message sort of repeated but do you you believe that if you haven't received the message the first go, you'll just keep getting it and getting it and getting it in different forms? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, it, and sometimes those are training camps, right? Mm-hmm. Like, say the person that you really need to have, like, a, like a challenging conversation with in your life is, like, a big, like, powerful person, you know? Like, someone that you've really kind of got to face. And you might... Re- initially refuse that call or not be ready for that fight you know like say it's like a parent or something and you're a little kid like you can't really like take on that goliath at that time right like you need to train for it so you meet many (laughs) many versions of that person over and over throughout life and you and the intention is so that you can uh grow stronger and grow stronger and grow stronger until the moment comes where you get to have your grand moment, right? And you confront what's within you and what's within them. Crazy. And so it's, it's all by design. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there is no mistake in it. Um, and there is, there is no opportunity lost. Like every mistake that we think we've made can be undone. Mm-hmm. Every mistake. Like that's, wow. all, that's, all, that's all it is. Is like, oh, I didn't treat this person right, or I didn't handle this the way I would have wanted to, or I didn't treat me right, right? Mm-hmm. It's like all of those things, once they're acknowledged and in that power of forgiveness, 
like once there's an, an atonement or an acknowledgement of of those wrongs, we shift. And in my opinion, it undoes the past. It can undo a past life trauma. It can undo something. It, it frees, it kind of unfreezes you from, from the place where you were held. Ugh, that's so hard, though, for a lot of people, especially of grudge holders, to think like, hey, I have all this pent up resentment from X, Y, and Z that I've endured for all these years from, you know, whoever, and to like, be able to get to a point where you could just like release and forgive and unfreeze. Yeah, we think holding on to things like that protects us from it ever happening again. But what it does, the universe doesn't work like that. It says, oh, they, they, they're still working on this. So usually it gives you more of it. You know, (laughs) it it really does. And, and it's not um, to be mean. It's to give you an opportunity to, to ask yourself, like, is this worth holding on to? Mm -hmm. right and is this making me feel safe Mm -hmm. like it's a very like kind of dangerous and radical truth that the only safety we have is in being open and being in love the energy of love is where i'm like cringing (laughs) (laughs) open and love that's terrifying (laughs) you're off this podcast forever (laughs) Um, but it's true the only place that we're actually safe is when we're in the energy of love and in and in the connection of that. When we're in fear, we're actually kind of calling in and um, in. So I study a lot of different mysticism, but there's a story of the rabbit and the rabbit. Um, like it kind of got into this fight with a witch and the witch cursed the rabbit and said, anything you fear will now find its way to you. And so the rabbit's hopping through the field, and it sees an eagle in the sky. And it goes, oh, no, eagle, don't eat me, right? And the eagle was, a, was kind of looking for lunch, but then goes, oh, there's a rabbit, and flies down and gets the rabbit. Oh. This, is, this is what fear does. The rabbit represents fear. And so fear sends a signal out that calls whatever you're afraid of right to you, you know? And so what's safer? You know, if there really is only two um, states of being, right? We have a lot of emotion, but there's only two states of being, fear or love. What's actually safer? That's crazy. Like, don't you kind of wish they taught us this in, like, third grade? Right. Well, I'm... I'm actually teaching this in high school for high schoolers right now. So you are? I am, yes. Oh, you are. I oh am. my god. What the hell? What the hell? What, is, what? I'm I'm teaching well, First of all, how lucky are these high schoolers <laughs> and who are you teaching and how and Oh my gosh, tell me all of it. There's a very progressive uh high school here in San Francisco called Urban and um a part of I'm a part of their being at Urban program. And so I'm currently teaching mysticism through the lens of Harry Potter. And, oh, and so we are <laughs> dissecting um, all the mystical symbols and the storytelling of Harry Potter and how to use it to transform and, and create magic in your life. Wow. And so this, what we're talking about is the fundamentals of everything, right? So uh, it, it just kind of permeates the whole class and the whole experience. Wow. That's wild. <laughs> Oh my god. I am like I'm such a 
especially in my older years, I am so, I, like, wish to God that I had, like, been going to therapy as a kid. And I'm like, everybody should go to therapy. <laughs> and I'm just, like, so, I am I just wish that it was normalized for us to, like, seek higher, not even higher education, but higher perspective, so to speak, you know? It's just, like, we just get dealt this years of our lives are just studying things, studying subjects, and it's so much of life is not that. (laughs) The most of it isn't. You know, you don't learn some of the most important skill sets of being a human being and operating and collaborating and meeting your employers halfway and managing different personality types and how do you manage your emotions in all these different areas. And it's like the most important ways in which we could become the best versions of ourselves were never taught about or trained in. And it's just overlooked and you're just supposed, you're expected to just figure it out when it happens. Even just like death, you know, mm-hmm. no one ever talks about death. And then one day somebody dies and you don't even know how to handle it. And mm-hmm. you're just like, what the fuck? And then you still don't know. And you just handle it how you handle it. And then it just keeps happening. Like so much stuff. And it, it like drives me nuts that we don't like prioritize those types of areas in mm-hmm. in development in human development. You know, the best way the way that we evolve as human beings and spirits is because we find these things, we find these things we wish we had, wish we had known, wish we had tr- you know, we were treated this way and we apply it. Mm-hmm. You know, we apply it. And so just by bringing in like radical acceptance around therapy, around talking about it, like being open about it and how it's changed and helped your life, like yeah. that's huge, you know? Yeah, totally. And it, there's, it, it casts out the shame. Shame is really dangerous energy um, and, and one that like a lot of people struggle with, you know, in some form or fashion. And so like as a society, we have to undo that. You know, as and and really look at like what sort of world we want to live in, and be a very like righteous member of that society. Meaning, like if I want the world to be peaceful and kind, like I've got to be peaceful and kind when I'm in traffic. (laughs) I have to be peaceful and kind when I don't have patience. Mm -hmm. Like I have to find that, muster that, and be that at all times, not just when it's easy. Have you ever studied human design? I have. Oh, my God. I just recently was introduced to this Mm -hmm. about a couple of weeks ago, and I'd never heard of it, which shocked me because I've been obsessed with astrology and, like, the tarot deck for years. Like, how did I not know about any of this? And I recently looked mine up, and I've been, like, just diving into Mm -hmm. it. And it's really just cracked me up because... I feel like everything I've learned about my human design is has answered all these questions that I have been pissed about, like <laughs> just not understanding why things aren't going the way I want them to go. And I've done mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, and I've worked so hard. And it's like, why isn't this working for me? And so much of my human design element has already answered that for me. But it also, which ties into what I was going to tell you earlier about my experience when I had my big groundbreaking epiphany was Mm -hmm. that like through my human design, I learned that I'm somebody that needs to trust instinct and intuition. And that's one of the greatest parts of my human design is that 
that's my leading path, Mm -hmm. my leading force. And so just like you, when I was going through this big self-discovery, I went on a trip to Bali in Australia and I went to Bali first, Australia second. I was alone. It was my first like solo uh, international journey. And it was following like the worst year of my motherfucking life um, (laughs) where not only did everybody I love die, but Mm -hmm. I also was in like a series of really like toxic, abusive relationships, Mm -hmm. not just romantic, but platonic as well. And I had all these things happen in my family life that really were triggering and made me realize this like years of childhood trauma I'd also gone through that I had somehow like you know, just buried away in my adult years. So it was a lot of shit was happening Mm -hmm. at one time. Um, But, you know, part of this, the ending of all of this was me thinking like, I need help, like quick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I got to make changes. And so one of the first things I did, so I started the podcast, then I went and traveled abroad. But the crazy thing that happened, which is so similar to the story that you told, is that I was in Bali for like, 10 days, having the most incredible 10 days of my entire life, could just total magic occurring. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of my last days there, I participated in this like sound bath meditation Uh and had like a full vision Mm. during that experience, Mm -hmm. which I'm not even somebody that can like meditate. Like I am so mental that I struggle (laughs) to even just meditate. Mm -hmm. I can barely quiet the brain. But there were a few situations in Bali where I I actually went to a a yoga retreat. It was a silent yoga retreat. So I was there for like five days. So I was doing all these classes and things. And I had a lot of great experiences and the many out of body. Like one time I thought I was like high on psychedelics when I got out of a yoga class. Wow. Crazy stuff. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Um, But this particular sound bath thing that I went through, I got this message that literally said, don't go to Australia. Mm. don't leave Mm -hmm. like you canceled the trip (laughs) and I knew that's what I wanted like I was having the time of my life in Bali and experiencing these insane out-of-body experiences and I really deep down wanted to stay I'm like why would I ever leave I was on the point of calling my mom and saying put my shit in storage and quit my job for me. Like, I'm not going to come back. But this, like, human part of me was like, I have to go to the second part of the trip. I bought the flight. Mm -hmm. I already booked my hotels. All those things, you know, which really don't matter in the scheme of stuff. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I had this insane messaging happen that was like, don't go, don't go, don't go. And I was leaving, like, the next day. (laughs) So, of course, I left. And I went through a series of unfortunate events from the minute I got to the airport until the day that I came home. Mm. I didn't have one unfortunate experience the whole time I was in Bali. Australia was a complete nightmare. Mm. And it was things that were wild. Like Like, from the minute I got to the airport, somehow my passport and visa situation was screwed up and I might have not even have been able to have gotten on the plane. It was a big panic of how am I going to get through and what are these paperworks that I got to complete? And I had to like rush to get them done. But then the minute I got there, I got, I was partying all night and I like cut my foot at a bar and it instantly got infected and my whole leg blew up like a, like a whale leg. And I was supposed to climb the Sydney Bridge the next day, and then I got food poisoning, and it was a whole thing. And then I ended up in a hostel with, like, a total predator dude who was, like, borderline rapist psychopath, Mm. and it was just, like, one thing after the next. (laughs) And I'm like, 
I had just come from the most holy place in the world <laughs> to me yes. where everything positive was happening. And I had that vision of do not go. And I went and the whole experience was just like Incredible. that. And I thought to myself, like, I knew that I shouldn't have gone. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I didn't need to go. And I knew that what I needed for me was here. And I'd already been able to experience so much of it, but it wasn't done. Mm-hmm. Like the job I needed to do here wasn't over. I had way more work to go yeah. and it was not time to leave. And I left anyway, because I was thinking of my ego and the money I'd spent and the hotels I'd booked and this and that. And all I did in Australia was experience hardship after <laughs> hardship in a foreign place alone. And I barely got to even enjoy the entire country. Mm. And I'm just like, I've never, I'll never forget that mm-hmm. because I think it was the first time in my life that really I was faced with that, mm-hmm. where I knew like you need to make the right choice for yourself. Cause I had never done that probably my whole life. And that was the first time where it was like, you're doing this for you and you're expected to follow it through in the path that's best for you. And I got tips. I got I got messages. I got, you know, all of it. And I didn't follow it. Mm. And it's almost maybe good that I didn't follow it because now I feel really certain that my intuition is here for me and that that in itself is an example of what will happen if I don't follow my intuition. Right. It's it, well. It's it was just a really, really, really big teacher, you know. <laughs> yeah. It was a really big lesson there, but it, it all it was trying to point you to was, you know, uh, learning how to listen. Yeah. You know, which I think I don't. I'm not able to do because I'm always so organized. Mm-hmm. I have like this whole laundry list of plans and initiatives and things to do that I'm just in such a planning mode and a go 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 mode that I can't hear what's what what needs to be happening because I'm just so focused forward, I guess. And you're a Virgo, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> it can be hard to hit pause. <laughs> When you're sorting through so much of life, like consistently yeah. and constantly, uh, it's, yeah. it's a curse of it's a curse of your sign. Yeah, it really is. But, you know, I think the good thing, though, is that all of this has kind of led me to, like, explore more things like the universe, my intuition, my human design, you know, what kind of path is right for me. I already know what isn't because I've been doing it for seven years. <laughs> and now it's kind of figuring out, okay, I'm 31. How do I start nav- navigating this next segment of my life yeah. in a path that's more in alignment with me? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm so excited you're here because <laughs> you are the guru in all of it. <laughs> Well, you know, to to quote Joseph Campbell again, uh, the writer of The Hero's Journey, if you follow your bliss, if you follow what makes you happy, it, it's going to take you, it's going to give you every challenge that you need. It's, you're going to have to face any dragon you need to slay. <laughs> you're going to have to, you know, show up for yourself to want, to desire, to open, to grow, you know. It's, it's really about following that North Star. Like, this is what I know makes me happy, right? Mm-hmm. And when you know that and you continue to follow it, it's going to help develop you in every way that you need to in order to kind of be that person or be that version of yourself, you know, or to have that ease or whatever it is. 
you know, and it, and it actually kind of is like the, uh, the rabbit at the greyhound race, you know, it's not something that you ever are actually looking to catch, but just to chase, right? Like to keep chasing your bliss, because how, how can we ever measure how happy is enough? <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm good. Like, no, that's something that you want to keep. Like when you feel bliss, like when you feel happiness, like you want more and more and more of that. Right. And so like detaching it from like it being some arrival point, you know, like an expectation of what that looks like, like a house and kids and a job and then this and that. It's like go of that stuff completely and continue to follow the feeling that makes you feel alive, happy and in love. You know, Mm -hmm. it's 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 the key to everything. I feel like people probably have either heard that before or they've learned about that before or somebody's shared that with them and maybe deep down we know it but I feel like so many people mm-hmm. are so afraid to do of course we're more afraid of, of being happy we're, we're terrified of being happy because what happens what happens if I go for something and it doesn't work out right like what happens if it was all for naught and so like when that that's a huge fear, people are more comfortable dying, right? Like staying stagnant, being in relationships that don't work than they are at the risk of finding what happiness really means to them. It's an epidemic. It's a pandemic. It's, you know, like it really affects um, mankind in a way that keeps us kind of like stalling in our universal evolution. Well, what is that, that though? Is that just the brain because like so maybe this is kind of a ball busting question but like in terms Mm -hmm. of the universe and all of us are these like microorganisms that live on a planet and we're all operating like if universe is guiding us or at least here to assist in guiding us how are we naturally so accustomed to deny it Mm. well this planet is um this this planet is about duality There's other planets that we can spend time on and evolve through. But you make a contract, you come to Earth, you come to Earth school, right? And so when you're on Earth school, you're here to learn about choice and about the duality of choice, right? About what a lot of people label as right and wrong, good and evil, right? And really about kind of like the polarity of of those things. And so this this evolution that we're talking about like the universe kind of assisting in that is because the universe wants to expand like and is expanding constantly consciously all the time right and if we are being connected to that source like it is also our job to continue to expand to grow and to evolve with it mm-hmm. and so it, it's it's actually kind of for the universe's survival to, to motivate us through that. But so here, because things are dual, everything is dual. You have an eternal spirit and a temporal body. That's a conflict. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that's a conf, that's a major, major conflict, right? We have beliefs that there is life and there is death, right? And we look at it as beginning and ending, but there's a connection point to all things. And so like, um, when we're talking about kind of like where this stall comes in 
is like I was studying this, like I did some classes on how to end racism uh, back in the summer when there was a lot of activity and I, I don't know, throughout the year actually, but I digress. Human beings are 99.9% the same. 99.9% the same. Like in our DNA, there's only 0.1% that separates me and you or us and some guy in Africa or China. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's incredible that that's the grain of sand we're dealing with. Yeah. So when I when I take that into our internal kind of universe, like we were 99.9% like all loving spirit and this 1%, this 0.1% of us that has a big loud voice and a kick drum and a whole lot of doubt, right? That like wants to kind of immobilize us on our journey. And so it's like, it's learning how to use um, our more powerful, our more spiritual essence in order to tame and bring that 1% home where it belongs, which is in our heart. The ego isn't something to be beat up you know, tossed aside or empowered and given money and tools and whatever, you know, access to people. No, it's, it's meant, it's the, it's the part of us that needs to transform. Mm -hmm. It's the part of us that sees a fixed reality, right? Like if you go far enough, the way I look at one of the major laws of the universe, um, which is um, if you go far enough east, you meet the West. You go far enough West, you meet the East, right? Mm -hmm. Right and wrong, East and West, all these things are just perception, right? They aren't what's real. They're just a perception. So they're meant to kind of help us see the forest from the trees, right? But it doesn't make them true. The ego says, that's right, that's wrong, <laughs> right? It wants that fixed reality. Yeah, totally. And so it gets, it gets kind of stuck in that. And it's our job to kind of like let go of all the things that we've learned, unlearn everything we've learned, and to kind of unfix that reality, bring the ego home. That's crazy. It's almost like it's like <laughs> everybody's individual life mission is you have to bring the ego home, but when are you? And what lessons mm -hmm. do you have to learn to get to that point? And like how long will it take? That's up to the individual. That's the power of choice. You know, I was given many opportunities to wake up in my life, but I was comfortable with my sacks of money, yeah, right? right? I was I was comfortable in different areas and, and comfortable, like really can kind of, mm, I don't know, it can be a bit of a disease in and of itself, yeah. right? It's because we get, we get those golden handcuffs in whatever form they come, right? And it's like, well... You know, we don't have a connection, but, you know, they're secure to me. They're always home when I come there or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. we, we hold on to these things that bring us comfort and security um, versus taking the risk. Yeah. And, and that's all completely within us to choose. The universe is just going to keep handing you back these lessons until you learn it. <laughs> so, so it's really up to oh, us. Probably means I have a lot more lessons on the way. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both sister oh my god well I would love to know like was there anybody particular that you discovered or connected with that like brought this new path for you well interestingly enough when I came back from the Grand Canyon 
um, I went to my acupuncturist at the time and she suggested, she was like, I think you should go see this clairvoyant. You know, I think this would be a good fit for you. Um, and so I go and I see this woman and immediately I was seen. Like she could see me. She could see my bullshit. She could see where I was hiding. She could see like all the games I played, right? Like my manipulative side, my wounded side. She was just seeing me. And I don't think I had ever been seen before. Mm -hmm. And it really shook me. And inside that session, my clairvoyance woke up. Like I saw this light that I kind of related to like something angelic or godlike, you know, it came in and it was hovering in and around her space and, and around me. And I was really kind of like blown away by it. And I knew right then I was like, this is the call you've been you've been looking for. And so I didn't end up connecting with her for long because I knew I needed to find that for myself mm -hmm. and everything was kind of coming online that it wasn't her guidance I was seeking. It was my own. And so I turned and found um, the school she actually went to, uh, which is called Psychic Horizons and dope ass name. And <laughs> they uh, have a clairvoyant program, which I went into very seriously and began to sharpen uh, the skill set mm -hmm. so that I could find my truth, the truth that was within me. Wow. That's pretty cool. And so, yeah, she was like this, this woman was like a therapist, uh -huh. you know, yeah. but uh, that I couldn't hide from, mm -hmm. that I couldn't trick, totally. you know, and, and I know I needed that mm -hmm. because, you know, like you, I'm smart, like, and I can, you know, I can make things be the way I want them to be. Mm -hmm. And so I needed someone who could see past that bullshit and, <laughs> and, um, and hold, and hold me accountable for the yeah. things that I needed to heal, you know? Yeah. And so that was, yeah, it was, that was my beginning there. That's really cool. And then I, I also was curious. So before we even hopped on the recording, you mentioned that you do clairvoyant animal work. Yes. What the hell is that? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's some of my favorite. My favorite some of my favorite clients are animals. What? Um Yeah, so um I've I'm really in tune with that, like just on how to communicate with animals. So um, you know, there's these different there's these different psychic abilities. We kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but like basically it's like clairvoyant means clear it means clear. Clair means clear, and voyant means to see. Um, and so there's clairsentient, which means feeling. So it's all about like, clear seeing, clear feeling, clear hearing, right? I won't get into all of that. But with animals, I use clairvoyance and clairsentience, which is feeling. And so like, say you have a cat who's, you know, always giving you crap, you know, um, or is sick and you don't really know what's going on. Like I can talk to that animal. Oh and and our, and find out actually like crazy things like why you guys chose each other, what your karma is, how have you met before? It's a wild and interesting world. And that can be with anything. Energy is universal. Yeah. You, it's, it's in everything that's around us right now. And you have a relationship to it and with it. And so 
that's kind of the core of my work is to explore the relationships. And I'm a Libra, so <laughs> everything is about relationships anyway. <laughs> but, you know, it's um, it does kind of come down to those uh, to the relationship between you and something. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I love talking to animals. God, Have you ever talked to anything other than a cat and dog? I've talked to horses. I talked to a horse uh, last week. A yeah, horse last I've, week? I've, yeah, I talked to a ferret. I've talked to iguanas. I've talked to, I've talked to a lot of animals. Oh, 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 Melissa, and my favorite, my goodness, I volunteer with the Gorilla Foundation. What? Who taught Coco the gorilla how to sign. And so I often speak with those gorillas. Um, even though a lot of them can use sign language, um, there's a way that I get together w- uh, with that crew and we explore what's going you on. You live my dream life. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm telling lying. you, I've jumped into the water and it is good. Uh, I like I would die to communicate with a horse. That is insane. <laughs> oh well, I can I can teach you their language <laughs> oh my and. God! Um, Everything, everything speaks in its own unique way. We just have to learn how to listen. You know, like plants speak, everything speaks. But yeah, animal communication is, is, is really, really amazing. Uh, I read a cat recently uh, whose name is Raja. And Raja speaks in a very low, deep, like amazing <laughs> voice. And... Uh, you know, they wanted to know why she never loses weight. And so she just showed me her big old belly and she was like, well, they're jealous. Like they want to stay big. The cat wanted to lose weight, but she can't? Or the human wanted the cat to lose weight? The human wanted the cat to lose weight or was questioning like, why don't the diets work for her? Why is she staying so big? And it's because the woman was super skinny and thin and the cat was showing you a different way to be oh my god that is hysterical yeah so you can find you can find out just about anything you can that find out just about hilarious anything. oh my mm-hmm. god i love it and sometimes they just need healing too yeah the cat you know, the animals the animals yeah for sure for sure oh well like what other types of work do you do with the people that you see outside of animals it's um it's a lot of healing work, you know, and so I I can do mediumship, which um, I don't allow beings kind of like the old movie Ghost, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't um, I don't let beings come into my body, but I can establish uh, communication connections with them. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when someone passes unexpectedly, or you just had a difficult relationship with them, we need closure, mm-hmm. you know, or if we feel like we need closure. And so that's a way that I work with people is to kind of help them speak to people who've passed um, and to get closure around relationships or things that happened that they couldn't get in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know, but I work with individuals, couples, I work with families, you know, I work with all kinds of very interesting people who are really just wanting to like take something that feels impossible, right? Like something that they want to transform in their life and um, and kind of move it, like move it forward, whether it's like breaking a pattern, you know, or um, like changing something drastically. You know, they're, they're there to have some guidance and evolve. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and I think, interestingly enough, that was kind of something I was always doing, like that mentoring. Um, it didn't really matter what you wanted to be, you know, like, <laughs> it was like, I wanted to help you be get there, you know, yeah. like, it just, it's kind of like, been something I've always done, no matter what in- industry. Mm-hmm. But now, what's more important is I help people find themselves, because that was my journey, yeah. right? Totally. We share our gold, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was like, help you find yourself and see what you want to act on from there. Like what in you is standing in the way of what you want is, is a fundamental thing. Whether we're talking about a couple uh, or, you know, a dog and a, a owner, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all, you know, it's all the same oh uh, or God. an individual That's and something so that cool. they want. That is mm-hmm. so cool. And so you're based in San Francisco still, right? Yeah. So do mm-hmm. you see clients just, all over the globe, like remotely and stuff like that? Or are you pretty specific to the Bay Area? No, yeah, all over the globe. Yeah, and I teach a lot of classes too. Um, I kind of get to know yourself classes, mm-hmm. whether it's astrology, meditation, mm-hmm. um, just a lot of different things like that to help people kind of find a doorway open that works for them. Well, so what advice do you have for anybody, <coughs> me, um, that <laughs> <laughs> has found themselves in this career that they've been in and has been doing Mm -hmm. it for a long time and they're actually like really good at it that's the other thing that we I feel like is worth addressing and my dad talks to me about this all the time is that in terms of career sometimes like you either like you're good at the things that you do and so you believe Mm -hmm. that that like I'm good at it why would I not do this I'm great at it I'm successful at it but that doesn't mean that it's meant for you or that doesn't mean that you're going to get the most happiness out of it just because you're good at it and Mm so you know whether you're in a career that you've just been doing because that's just the path your life has taken or whether you're somebody like me who is in this career path because you're like just kind of good at it and it's working out and people think you do a good job and you really don't have any major complaints but you know at the end of the day you know that you're not living your life to the fullest you know that what you're doing isn't fulfilling you you know that you have emptiness in your spirit that needs to be fulfilled and you know sometimes that isn't always just career focus sometimes it just means that there's a passion project you need to do or hobbies you need to create but like you know anybody that could potentially just be kind of coasting in a sense through life Mm -hmm. doing what has either been laid out for them or what they've been expected to do or what they fell into and they just haven't changed gears but they can subtly feel deep down that it that this isn't it like there's more this isn't fulfilling it's not the end of the finish line like what else can I do and how do I do it like what what advice would you have for that like how can they explore other options or how can they make steps to follow that other path that they're either afraid to take or don't even know exists yet like Mm -hmm. what do you think trust trust that no matter where you are you are on path number one right like Look for the gold in where you are, even if it's at the the bottom of a ravine or the side of a cliff. Like, why am I here? So that you're not um, like in a prolonged state of that, of being in there. Like cultivate what's there first and gather yourself. Like gather your tools, gather your know-how, gather your trust and ask 
ask a lot. Like, what is it? What is it that I want? I walked around for, I think, two years asking that question. I want to know what I want. I had been giving that question, like my happiness, to so many other people. I had like 50 jobs. <laughs> I had so many roles I played for different people in their life, you know, and it wasn't fulfilling to me. It clouded over my own voice, right? Mm-hmm. And so I let go of those things and not necessarily the people, but just my commitment to those those spaces. And so you center in and you ask yourself, what is it that I want? And you look at the potential of that, of what it is. Like if Jenny says like, mm, I, want a, I want a new car, right? It's like, okay, why? What is the potential of this car, right? What is the potential of, of this object or this new career? And, and you look at that potential because that, just like the, the rabbit at the track, is what you're chasing. Because I could go out and get a new car tomorrow and just in, you know, like we do Amazon spending or whatever. It's just kind of like, okay, why the hell did I spend money on this? Right? Like it's not, it's not help. It's not elevating my life. Mm -hmm. But when I look at the potential of it and I'm like, wow, I could drive up and down the coast. I could feel free. I could, you know, um, I would feel more alive. I would feel more capable right? Like when I start to look at the potential of what that car brings me, then that's what I'm chasing. Mm -hmm. And I start to look for where can I be free right now? Even if that's in a jail cell, even if that's in any place that you feel stuck, it's all, everything is mental. It's a hermetic law, right? So when you bring this in here, when it starts in the mind, you can change anything. So find like honor where you are, don't dismiss it. Look for um, what it is that you want and keep asking until something shows up. And when you have that, just like explore the potential. And people talk about the law of attraction, right? The law of attraction works best when you already have what you want, when you realize you already have what you want. Mm-hmm. For example, like you're single, right? And all of a sudden, like you've been single for years and finally you get a boyfriend and then here come all these incredible people out of the woodworks wanting to date you. And you're like, where the hell were you <laughs> last year? You know, yeah. when I had nothing going on, Yeah, right? But that's how the law of attraction works. Once we have something, it's easier for it to come to us. Here, so if you yeah. want, yeah, if you want to feel free... If one of the potentials is I want to feel more free or more abundant, where are you abundant now? It may not be in the place you're looking, like your checkbook, right? It may be abundant in time. It may be abundant in love. It may be abundant in friendships. And you just hold, you bring that abundance all the way in. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like once you start to really kind of cultivate and realize you have everything that you're looking for, you will be able to chase that bliss and get closer and closer and closer to that rabbit throughout life that is insane perspective (laughs) i like as a virgo immediately want to start making a 40 page list of all of the ways in which i'm abundant and put them on my mood board that i just created yesterday (laughs) get that get that yes But that's, that's exactly like, it's not about what you want. It's what you already have. So you put, yes, exactly. Like on that mood board, you want to be abundant. Like I want more money in my little 
you know, money quadrant. Uh-huh. Like put everything in there that you're abundant in. Oh my put God. the photos of your friends, your loved ones, your family, whatever. Well, and you know, I feel like that's not what we do. We constantly are thinking mm-hmm. about what are the things I want, but we mm-hmm. aren't so focused on what are the things that I have that are already bringing me joy and how can I use that same energy to bring in the things I don't have that will also bring me that same joy and energy. That's exactly. crazy. I've never even thought about that. This is a key to life. Crazy. This is why you have old people on your podcast. Oh, my God. You know? We have the key to life, which we need at the end of 2020. Amen. <laughs> right? Well, this year has been a lot about that. Yeah. Right? For sure. Well, mm-hmm. and that's the cool thing. I said this literally on my last episode, but it's worth stating again, is that almost every person that I've had on my show this year has launched, created, made something brand new happen for themselves that they never had or thought about before. But this like tragic year in which we've all gone through together sort of sparked that motivation, inspiration, interest, and like just determination to do it, not just think about it and say, oh, hey, ho, ho, I, I, this is interesting. I'll do it one day. They actually did it. And that's like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's something people don't do. They'll talk about this, that and the other forever. But this year, suddenly everybody was not only able to think it through, but like feel inspiration from it and execute. And that's yep. huge. And I feel like that's such a telling thing about when people are in weird crazy transitional stages in the universe the life whatever humanity and you're kind of have a fire under your ass and it's like everything's questionable we don't know what's happening we can't really trust our current systems we don't know what to believe we want the best for everybody including ourselves but you know we can't rely on all these certain systems and people and communities and jobs we gotta just do what we gotta do and like totally. everybody just started fending for themselves. And as a result, mm-hmm. everybody's created some of the most incredible companies or businesses or creative projects. And I had blown away by it. I'm just like, wow, what a silver lining of this shit year. It's really cool to see that. Well, you know, when when things get into a place of survival, we're real. We, mm, it's our ultimate. The body is our ultimate way of kind of like getting motivated. Right. So it's like if you really want to push quit your job, right? Like if you really want, like you really want to change your life, make a big leap of faith and don't judge where it takes you, mm-hmm. you know? Cause it's like when we're put into those positions, when that survival chakra or first chakra is lit up, it's like, I could say all day, like, oh, I really want to make a sandwich right? that would taste so good. Oh my gosh. It sounds so good, but we're not really like my will isn't there yet. But when my hunger gets up, mm-hmm. right, like when that spark hits and I know I need it for my survival, guess what? I get off my ass and I do something. <laughs> get that damn right? sandwich. We <laughs> make that sandwich, y'all. And so it's, it, it, gets, it gets us motivated. There's nothing like survival. And yeah. this year called a lot of us into that place and said, it's time. Mm-hmm. it's time it's time to make a change well before i ask you the burning question of the evening mm-hmm. do you have any last closing thoughts any last bit of feedback advice tips any part of your story you haven't expressed with us yet anything wow well i think the most important thing is to kind of keep coming back to mm, like unfixing reality taking away kind of the places where you think you have it figured out and you know 
what what life has in store for you. Let go of that. Like just let that go and be in a state of inquiry. The the spirit is a natural curious being, right? It doesn't you think about a kid, right? A kid doesn't see a tree as a fixed as just a tree and walks by it. It sees it as a jungle gem. It sees it as, uh, you know, I mean, just so many, like, imagination and curiosity takes that tree into just, like, wood, branches, oxygen, whatever, recycler, whatever the fuck, you know? It transforms it into something mystical and magical. So invite imagination, inquiry, and curiosity to be your guide in life. And you won't get fixed or kind of like stuck in these areas of right and wrong, which is the land of the ego, you'll be in a place of creativity, of curiosity and love. And so like take, keep coming back to that. When you think you have it figured out, ask yourself if that's true. Wow. I have a lot to do (laughs) over the next couple of weeks. (laughs) You're a Virgo. You'll you'll do just fine. It'll be done by tomorrow. Let's exactly. be real. <laughs> oh my god, that's so great. Okay, well, and then the burning question of the evening, which I always mm. ask this because this is the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast. We are here to talk about women throughout history who've done incredible, empowering things, who have paved the way for all of us. And now in this segment, we are highlighting the everyday woman who is also paving the way through us for us and everybody else. Um, and kicking ass in life. And so in terms of sisterhood, like, what does that even mean to you? I know that the term is cliche. It has a lot of negative connotations to it. I would like to reclaim the the term sisterhood because I really do think that it has a lot of power in it, especially yes. in a society that often likes to pit us against each other. So mm-hmm. what does it mean to you? Let's think about it in the shape of a mimosa, just oh, to yes. kind of tie it all in, right? <laughs> So if I think about if I think about sisterhood, it's twofold, right? Same as as a mimosa. We got you got your orange juice, you got your champagne, right? When I think about sisterhood, I think about sacred, feminine as one part. And I think about the bond of that as the other part. And when I see those two coming together inside of what sisterhood is meant to be is like our like initiatory rights to uncovering what it means to be a woman and also to kind of pass down this information from one to the other and hold a space together that's actually bonded, loving, and encouraging, educational. You know, like it's it's meant to be a place of hope. And so like when I think about sisterhood, I think about people in my life or people that I'm yet to know that also kind of carry similar wounds to me, who understand life from my perspective, and that are there to teach me and I'm there to teach them. And so to me, it's, 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 it's two parts. And um, I really think that sisterhood is something to be celebrated, and cultivated, especially a young among um, all the women across you know, uh, all the different age brackets of our life. Well, without shock, you nailed that out of the park. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was nervous. I really appreciate you dialing in your mixology experience to explain the sisterhood being. I love it. I also very much agree. <laughs> the The motto of my show is to celebrate women and wine and alcohol and mimosas and all of the above. So fuck yeah. Okay, well tell everybody, all of my listeners, all of the Mimosa Sisterhood audience, how we can find you, how we can stay in touch. If anybody is interested in exploring all of the avenues in which you are a total professional in, in which you are an expertise in, how can they stay in touch with you and hear from you and learn more from you and get your guidance? Awesome. Well, um, you can find me on the web at revjennybrown.com and Instagram, which I, I use, which is rev, R-E-V, dot G-B. Um, and that's my Instagram handle. I teach a daily meditation uh, that's free, actually. It's just donation-based from 8 to 8.30 every morning, uh, Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, it's 9 to 9.30. I teach a r- lot of random classes. You can sign up for my newsletter. Uh, you never know, I could bring Hogwarts uh, right on <laughs> into uh, into the web, uh, not just in the high school. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. kind of fly by the seat of my pants. Um yeah, and so I would, yeah, I would love to stay in touch and 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 hear from anyone who's interested. Heck yeah! <laughs> also, I don't know how you felt about this podcast experience, but I recently joined a podcast accelerator program, which was like a school that I did for six mm-hmm. weeks. And I met a lot of really incredible other podcasters who have great shows, many of which are in a similar realm of which you're an expertise in. Mm -hmm. And I kind of have the feeling that they would really like to get to know you. So I don't know (laughs) how you feel about that, but I, I feel like you have so much great knowledge, so much insight and just a really incredible special story. One that we don't hear about a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, especially you being somebody who was so incredibly successful in this particular career industry that was full of what most human beings are designed to go after and you know hearing the flip side of that in that it wasn't what you wanted and it it didn't end up being what you had hoped for and just making that huge risk to completely rewire your lifestyle and seek something that was more in alignment with you that brought you way more abundance and that's mm-hmm. not the story we often hear on the Everyday Podcast, which is why you're here <laughs> talking with me and why I am so excited that I get to have it on mine. I think everybody is so happy to have heard it, and I think a lot of other people would like to hear it as well. So bring it on. I'm going to may or may not be passing your info over to a few of my friends. <laughs> uh, you know, write it on a bathroom wall so they'll, they'll find me. That might have been the old old method. Oh, my God. Well, Jenny, thank you so much. Oh, I, thank you, Melissa. It's just like it's such a blast from the past, but also it feels like not a day has gone by. And <laughs> I'm just so happy that we get to connect all these years later and see each other and chat with each other and talk about our lives over the past like 10 years. And just it's so cool to connect with somebody else who is in a very different place, like myself, mm. from the last time we've seen each other. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. I love it's, it. 
it's really amazing. And I just love seeing you in your element, doing what you love to do. Uh, I can't wait to see where life continues to take you, Melissa. Same with you. I'm so excited. We'll have to connect <laughs> in know. another 10 years. <laughs> Maybe I'll have read a whale next time. Oh you don't God. know. We don't Dude, know. Dude, yes. I need more updates on all the animals you talk to <laughs> because uh, I'm trying to have a farm one day and I need to know the scoop on what the animals are thinking. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh I see God. a rich history in our future. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited. This has been so fun and such a pleasure. And I'm so happy just on the past one hour and 50 minutes we've been chatting. It's been an absolute (laughs) highlight of my week. And I'm just, thank you. I'm just very grateful. So thank you so much for being here and wanting to be on the show and sharing your stories so openly with all of our listeners who I know will absolutely appreciate it without a doubt. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, Melissa. And everybody else, thank you for tuning in again. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends, your animal-loving friends, your (laughs) friends that like the psychic world. If you like human design, share it with that person. So tune in next week. We have another Women in History episode featuring some badass ladies in history. And on that note, I will see you then. Bye.